Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kai Mikey, Lions beat writer for M Life, joined as always by Ben Raven. Um, ben, it's been a minute since I've seen you, which is a, a new endeavor for us on the Lions beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's a it, it hasn't been a long enough break. No offense to anybody I'm yeah. about to see in Indy, but no doubt about it. It's uh, it's it's been that part of the year where it's like, oh, all right, <laughs> sitting at home with nothing to do today. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, which usually lasts for a few weeks and you can recharge and orient yourself toward the offseason and you can have time for, I don't know, getting ready for the NFL draft and understanding prospects. And it's crazy because I feel like I'm just now settling into the offseason, Ben, and uh, it's 10 a.m. on a Monday right now. Uh, I'm getting ready to pick you up in like four hours to go to the NFL combine. (laughs) And more than ever, I I feel like, Ben... um, I need the NFL Combine to kind of get acquainted with some of these players. I understand very well the Lions' dynamics and what they need um, and what they're looking for, but I, just with the length of the season and the football they were playing, the, the you know the stakes and all that, like I did not think about the NFL draft this year, frankly, until I don't know February. <laughs> and it's no, February. exactly. I was looking back at last year's post and I ran my first NFL mock draft roundup like January 11th, man. We were, we had like three more games left to cover than this year. So it's a, uh, it's definitely, I mean, no amount of college football I watch or no amount of content I consume could have prepared me for the lack of NFL draft care if we were forced to do this year. And also the Lions picking 29th, it's like, we're figuring out that new world while trying to figure out all these guys. And yeah, I, I'm with you, man. This is, it, this will be my fifth combine trip. And this is, this, this feels more important for me than any of the other ones, just because it's like, oh my God, I, I need this event this week. Like you said, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Like we, we both understand the lines. Well, what kind of players they, they like to target the positions they need. We also understand, you know, they don't always draft based on um, need. <laughs> I mean, the, trade back for Jameer Gibbs last year, I think is a pretty good example of that. Um, even the trade up for um, Jamison Williams a couple of years ago, I, I think also exemplifies mm-hmm. like they're just looking for the best football players um, possible. And I think the success you've seen with Gibbs, I mean, they, yeah, they could have gotten a edge rusher or whatever um, that they needed at the top of last year's draft, but they thought, they thought Gibbs was the best player in space in that draft. And they're like, F it, like, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, and he was a huge difference maker. I think really is um, evidence of, of, you know, 
why the best drafters typically go for best player available rather than just say, oh, okay, we've got this need. Right. We got to check it off at, you know, with our first pick and then, okay, the next need uh, and so on. Yeah, no, uh, just the work that Brad did last year and just kind of the, I mean, we covered that after his year in press conference, but just like when that guy has a gut feeling, like he's chasing it. When he, when he is, con- when this staff, when Brad and Dan are convicted on someone, they don't give a crap what anybody's going to say. And uh, they, they've earned themselves a ton of wiggle room to like, continue down that path based on the results they got out of these last couple of drafts. But yeah, man, just the risk to take Gibbs. I mean, it wasn't a risk in their eyes. It was a risk to the outside world and ours, but like, it's hard to disagree with anything they did. I mean, it's hard to disagree with about 98% of yeah. the stuff they've done for three years in this yeah. event. We, we understand all that stuff pretty well. I, I think my point was just, you know, um, right. like, I just don't know these players as well as I typically <laughs> know draft prospects Absolutely. going into this process. Um, you know, we'll be talking to Brad and um, Dan Campbell down in Indy uh, later this week, and then like 300 <laughs> of the nation's best college football players um, um, before Saturday is through, and we point the, um, the Honda CRV back toward Detroit <laughs> mercifully. I Ben, I don't know about you, but like I'm cashed more after this thing than I think anything else we do on this beat. Like it's just a five day onslaught drinking from a hose and i think this year coming into this process with less understanding of the draft than i typically do in most years i'm anticipating um you know mayhem (laughs) absolutely no it's like i was looking at the calendar this morning with just the line that elaine wrote ben and indy and i'm like that's a really long line man i forget about this every year like yeah no doubt about it We'll have some good eats though. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's always <laughs> nice seeing people too. Although there's just yeah. usually more of a break before I see like mm-hmm. your your ugly face or Justin Rogers <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Uh, it feels like we just wrapped up the other day and now we're <laughs> back on the road. Uh but it's good and I'm excited. I really am excited to to dive into this draft process because the Lions um are so close, obviously. Real good roster. Um, as we saw last year, pretty much Everyone is under contract for next year. I know there's some holes at guard, for example, and um, they need a corner. They need an edge rusher. I mean, every team has needs, but as far as needs go, the lines are in pretty damn good shape compared to the other contenders. I think they're, I think it's safe to say they'll go into next season as a Super Bowl favorite. I know you did the odds post the other day. I think like fourth or fifth best Super Bowl odds going into next year, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> okay. But... That all being said, Ben, we have dropped our first mock drafts um, of the offseason, despite knowing very little about this draft comparatively (laughs) to most years. But um, again, they have some predefined needs, uh, particularly on defense. Um, They had them last year, too, and they went mostly offense at the top of the draft um, and still need that edge rusher, still need that cornerback. I mean, those are needs they really felt last year, and they didn't get guys at the trade deadline and it's something they really felt down the stretch the the pass defense especially was a huge problem i think they allowed like 320 passing yards per game in the playoffs and a bottom five pass defense um for the year um so a lot of needs coming into this this mock draft season and then of course the draft season with regard to edge rushers and corners but again there's that that sneaky need at offensive line too i'm, I'm just kind of teasing the folks yeah. on what to expect from our two mocks <laughs> Uh, so let's just roll in, like maybe talk real briefly, Ben, about how we see the top, you know, 10, 15 picks shaking out. And then we'll get to our Lions picks after that. Um, we're pretty much identical at the top, you and I, with Caleb Williams going number one overall to Chicago. Uh, another quarterback, Drake May, going number two to Washington. Jaden Daniels going number three to New England uh, before 
um, getting to the non-quarterbacks, Marvin Harrison Jr., the receiver out of Ohio State, going number four to Arizona. We're identical on that. And even at number five, we both had offensive tackles going to <laughs> the fighting Jim Harbaugh's out in Los Angeles. Um, just chose different ones. I guess, like, for me, Ben, the drama kind of starts at, at number three. Mm-hmm. I think New England could be um, under consideration for Marvin Harrison Junior, I, I definitely gave it some thought. I just feel like when you're kicking off a new era, as New England is, uh, you've had the quarterback issues they've had. Um, you know, ideally, you won't be picking this high again for a while. Right. Um, I, I think for me, it was you know, this might be a little high for Jaden Daniels, but he's such a great electric playmaker. And I think he's mm-hmm. someone who could grow at the next level. Um, and New England just can't really pass up the opportunity to, to take a quarterback this high. No, exactly. That was the point too. It's like, man, Marvin Harrison Jr. is clearly the best player here, but like Jaden Daniels is like a lot more than just a consolation prize. Like, yeah, he's getting a massive QB bump to go number three, but like this is a potential stud. I mean, that's a five-year college starter who adds like more than a thousand yards and 10 scores on the ground while breaking Joe Burrow's records at LSU. Like he's, he's a legit prospect and experienced guy. And, uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's just you can't win in this league without a quarterback, and the Patriots don't even have like a backup quarterback right now, so they, they need something at that position for sure. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mayo. Yeah. Mac is yeah. Mac is catching a stray there. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at your your mock draft again from M Live. Um, one difference maybe we have is you got uh, Atlanta taking um, uh, JJ McCarthy uh, out of Michigan. What I guess why would what did you like about the uh, the matchup there? You know, it's just the simple fact that a garage can only hold three Lamborghinis without a single driver. You know, uh, John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I think we all know what their potential is in this league, and they flashed it and. As high as I was on Desmond Ritter two years ago, I'm 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 here to admit I was wrong. I was. <laughs> I tried to tell you, Ben. I tried to tell you. <laughs> I, came I did. Back, I, did I came back much. from the Senior Bowl and I'm like, Ben, Ben, Ben. No, just no on Desmond Ritter. No, that was you wouldn't listen. <laughs> that was one of those guys. It was it was the Malik versus Ritter year, and I was so firmly like Ritter, man, Ritter, and it's just like two years later. That's not the long-term answer. You know, maybe he's a good backup down the line, but I, I, I and I'm higher on JJ than most because I, I don't care what he was asked to do at Michigan. I know he's a top flight recruit. I know he's got athleticism. I've seen him rip tight window throws. And I mean, he's only throwing 18, 19 times a game. So when you, when you flash the it factor that I have seen from him, I, I just think Atlanta's offense is pretty well set up to handle a rookie quarterback. I mean, and there's a good chance McCarthy's better out of the gates than Ritter's ever been there. So that's kind of why I went there. I'm like, there's too much invested in this offense not to have a quarterback. So that's why McCarthy goes in my top 10 there. That's, that's my hottest take. And I even gave it the Paul Pascalani. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes me feel a little better that you even acknowledge that's a little rich for JJ because I didn't watch a ton of Michigan football, but I certainly watched some and I watched their playoff run and I see a guy extremely skilled. Um, Mm. He made some tight window passes in that playoff run. I'm like, I mean, the one against Ohio State is probably the one that sticks out the most, like through a keyhole into the end zone, Mm. um, based off a guy's back. Um, He's got a great arm. He can really run too. He's he's got a prototypical skill set for the pro game. But you alluded to it, Ben. Like he's kind of untested just because mm-hmm. the the Michigan offense was so run heavy. And I watched some of those playoff games. Really intrigued to see how JJ would handle the stakes. And presumably, when they face better teams and better defenses, that he would have to to do more. 
Yeah. Um, I wanted to see, um, you know, how, how he matched up with that kind of challenge. And he still didn't really have to do a lot, yeah. you know, and he had the kind of the clunky start in the championship game and then really turned it on after that. But um, I, I like him. I have him going number 11. I, I just think quarterbacks typically rise in the NFL draft, even, yeah. even if they have holes in their game. There, there's just so much need for quarterbacks. Um, there's not enough good ones in the NFL. And getting quarterbacks on rookie contracts is such an advantage because it's cost controlled, and particularly in the mm-hmm. first round, uh, because you get the fifth year option. So I like I don't see McCarthy going in the top ten. I don't think he's a top eleven talent per se, but I do have him going number eleven to Minnesota just because again, like you need to have mm-hmm. quarterbacks in this league. I don't know guaranteeing Kirk Cousins, you know, fifty million dollars every <laughs> year is necessarily a a, a great way. Um, to build long-term success. And I think that McCarthy would be a nice skill set fit in Minnesota for what they want to do. Um, but there's so much projection with the pick. And it's really interesting for a guy who's a multi-year starter at a major program, playoff experience, big game experience and all that, to be so untested and, and to have so much projection in the evaluation. But that's kind of where I stand with um, with J.J. Yeah, and I mean, if if he gets past eight, I mean, eleven was my second choice for him too, because I mean, Kirk Cousins is my age, and he just tore his Achilles, so like I have to start like thinking about that too. It's just so I hear you. I think we literally just had different. You had Dallas Turner at eight, and I had Dallas yeah. Turner at eleven, so that's cute. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> JJ's gonna. <laughs> it's interesting. I just think Atlanta they need something, and they can't wait around. Even if JJ falls out of uh, the top ten. Um... I don't think he waits very long. Minnesota needs a quarterback at number 11. Denver definitely needs a quarterback at number 12. Yeah. You know, there's no way Sean Payton is looking at Russell Wilson's face for another year. Um, and then Las Vegas is at 13. And, and Jimmy G, I, I believe he's already been cut, right, after the um, the drug. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So they have uh, issues <laughs> at quarterback as well. <laughs> um, and even the Saints looking at 14, you know, they have Derek Carr under contract for a couple of years, but. Um, it's Derek Carr. So I, I just don't think that um, J.J. McCarthy is, he's not going to have to wait long to hear his name despite, and I love his game just to be super clear. Like he has an, he, mm-hmm. he has a prototypical skill set um, for the NFL and at the NFL game. I just don't think he's been tested like you usually see in a first round uh, pick um, despite the, you know, the games he started at Michigan, the big games he started. And it's kind of a, a unique situation. What's going on, everyone? Ben Raven with MLive's Detroit Lions Beat here. Just want to point you in the direction of MLive's new Dungeon of Doom Insider Tech service. Sign up now for a 14-day free trial. And then after that, it's only $4.99 a month to text with myself, to text with Kyle Monkey, and to text with Corey Woods. And not only are you going to get updates and analysis from us with some one-on-one individual conversations on the side, but you're going to be on the front line to be featured on MLive's Dungeon of Doom podcast when we come calling for mailbag questions. Once again, check out joinsubtext.com slash Dungeon of Doom. 14-day free trial, $4.99 after that. Let's roll on to the Lions pick. I think that's what everyone wants to hear um, <laughs> anyway. Um, they obviously have major needs at corner, which is the way that I went. So I had them taking Ben at, at, at 29. I had the Lions taking 
uh, Alabama corner Kool-Aid McKinstry. And no, it's not just because of the name, although I would welcome it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's amazing. It's a, a, I mean, all pro name. Um, and for me, he was cornerback five. So I had Taryn Ar- Arnold going 13th to Las Vegas, Cooper DeJean going um, 20th to Pittsburgh. And I love the Toledo uh, kid, Quinion Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, but have him going 22nd to Philly. I just think after his... I mean, first of all, the numbers are ridiculous on that guy. Um, and then his yeah. week at the senior bowl really solid. Like, like there's no way um he's dropping out of the first round. And if he was there at 29th, I would be shocked. Um, the, the, that kid can really play. Uh, I have him going 22nd to Philly. Um, and then I had uh, Nate Wiggins, um, really good all-around corner going 25th to Green Bay. This is a it, there's not a lot of like elite corner prospects in this draft. I, don't, I would be surprised to see anyone go in the top 10, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of really good ones. You could see five or six in the back half of the first round. And I think that really lines up well um, for what the Lions need. They, they, I mean, you can attack the pass defense in different ways with edge help and so on. Um, I just found more value at corner and they really, really need a corner. Anyone out there who watched Lions football last year, watched Lions football down the stretch, they already know what I'm talking about. I mean, Cam Sutton, solid player, uh, not right. a cornerback one. And we saw that this year. He had, I looked it up, Ben. He had the second worst quarterback rating allowed among, among all corners in the league uh, who played at, at least half their team's defensive snaps. It, it was really bad. Uh, it was particularly bad down the stretch, trying to match up with some really good receivers, to be fair. But again, this is the NFL. Every team, nearly every team is going to have some really good receivers. That's why you need a, a a top corner, and the Lions don't have that. Um, they had all kinds of issues at cornerback too. They got full aid last year, had you know bottom five pass defense and so on. The need is obvious, and uh, Kool Aid McKinstry, uh, I think, is a phenomenal player. Six one, one ninety five. At least that's what he was listed at um, last season. Allowed nineteen of thirty nine passing for two hundred five yards. The <laughs> Like allowing 19, uh, 19 receptions in a season is crazy. But for me, the 39 uh, targets is like the most impressive number of all with McKinstry. I mean, for example, Terran Arnold, another first round uh, corner um, prospect from Alabama, he was targeted twice as much, which I think says yeah. a lot about McKinstry and how good that guy is. Um, there's some you know questions about his long speed, and I'll be real curious to see how he tests at the combine. But he is a, a pretty solid lock for the first round. I think an excellent fit for Detroit. Um, ben, you went a different direction. We'll get to that in a moment. But what do you think of of my pick of Kool Aid McKinstry at number twenty nine? I'll just tell you this. I mean, if if Kool Aid was on the board when I was doing my mock, that would that would have been my pick too. I, I had Kool Aid going off the board at number twenty two to the Philadelphia Eagles. We were kind of all in that same cluster, but. Kool-Aid. I mean, that's if he lands in Detroit, that's that's a day one starter. That's a day one starter opposite Cam Sutton. I mean, that's and I think we're in that new world of doing these mocks so late, picking 29th. It's like you start falling in love with some of these guys and then you're sending them to different teams. And then all of a sudden you're at your pick and you're like, oh, crap, what's left on the board right now? The corners, the guards, the tackles are depleted. But no, Kool-Aid, man. And I think at 29th, like when when you see production from someone like Kool-Aid like that and you look back and he's a five star he's a blue chip he's a top 15 recruit I mean right that's that's that that's legit like you're looking for that ceiling you're looking for that talent you're looking for that athleticism and I mean his performance at Alabama I mean he was he, he was not a letdown I mean he delivered on that blue chip status for sure I mean top 40 PFF cornerback I think two years running by their grade standards but yeah I mean Kool-Aid man 
that's a that's a legit quarterback there. And just on, on the cornerback topic, there are some interesting names that could fall to the Lions. I mean, this is it's kind of hard to figure out how these corners are going to fall. Like I had Cooper DeJean, the Iowa cat, my first off the board at 12. And that might be a little high for even him. I mean, I'm, I mean, I could see Kool-Aid, Wiggins, or even Tyrion Arnold, like being CB1 in this draft. I do think those four guys are close. And then you got the uh, Missouri cat. I'm blanking on his name. Enos. Uh, in- Rakestra, yeah, and he he's he's. Uh, I mean, I, I I read your piece that you did out of that Matt Miller draft call, and it's just like then looked him up, and I'm like, yeah, that's a fit there too. So there's a couple there's a couple outside cornerbacks that could be there, but honestly, man, I I, I think Kool Aid is a tailor made fit for the Lions and Aaron Glenn's defense and how they want to play, and also bringing some support to Cam Sutton. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna help Cam Sutton go one on one with guys, but having another corner allows you to shift those safeties just gives you a better chance they need a cbt so bad a cb1b so bad we'll call it that (laughs) (laughs) i i I love too that he he, like you said he was a blue chip uh recruit one of the top recruited guys in the in the country and he goes to alabama and plays a lot of snaps as a true freshman which is hard to do at alabama and particularly in that secondary which is just Mm -hmm. freaking loaded every year um, and then he he becomes a, a full-time starter for the following two years and just was one of the best corners in the country, uh, obviously, um, while matching up with, you know, the great talent that you have in the yeah. SEC. And his numbers are out- outstanding playing in the SEC. Uh, he was a great return man as well. Um, you know, I, I think the big question with him is whether uh, he's even there at 29. I, the way, with the way my mm-hmm. board uh, fell, uh, he was still there, but you could see him going anywhere in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think one of the point on McKinster, and then we can move along, is um, it's interesting that Brad Holmes in just three drafts has targeted Alabama with early early round picks. Right. You know, he clearly trusts that program, the, the pedigree under uh, Nick Saban, uh, traded up for Jamison Williams, traded back for um, you know, and to get into position to take Jameer Gibbs last year because he liked Gibbs so much. I mean, they were really targeting that guy once uh, Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's Brian Branch, you know, and I think that's a great example of a guy who, like, maybe he didn't test, like, super great at the combine, but when he put on the tape, it's like, man, this guy plays fast. Uh, this guy is a good player. And when Branch fell to, to day two, uh, Brad Holmes went and got him, and uh, he was one of the best slot corners in the in the whole uh, NFL um, right away. And I just think that speaks to the pedigree of those kinds of players coming out of there. I think that Brad Holmes clearly has a lot of trust in Nick Saban types um, coming out of that system, and I think that a guy like McKinstry, if he's there, uh, just checks so many boxes for this um, for this regime. Absolutely, and yeah, I mean the testing is what the testing is this week. But another aspect that Brad Holmes has proven himself in that you just touched in is being able to decipher play speed from straight line speed, and that yeah. I mean they've really hit on those type of guys. Let's get to your mock draft, Ben. Uh, you saw things a little bit differently than I did. Uh, we both obviously understand the the cornerback need, but in your yeah. uh, mock draft, you had one, two, three, four, five, six guys at corner already off the board before 29, uh, including all the guys that I had, McKinstry included, as well as uh, Enos R- Rakestraw, the guy from Missouri, who, again, I like a lot and I think is a good Lions culture fit. I just think he might be a little small. I have some concerns about like, I, I want to see him up close uh, before I put yeah. him the first round. Cause I have some issues there, but um, you found more value on the offensive line. Um, you had them taking Troy Patanu out of Washington offensive tackle at Washington only allowed three sacks, but projects to play anywhere across the offensive line. I guess, tell me a little bit about 
this guy and and, and why you like the fit. Uh, he's your eighth offensive lineman off the board, which I also <laughs> thought was interesting. So that's pretty far down the board uh, at that particular position. What what about the value or the fit uh, turned you on to this kid? Uh, just the fact that when I watch him play, he's like an agile Jonah Jackson. I mean, he is so aggressive. He's a mauler, but he's got the quick feet and the quick hands that you you look at this guy. And I mean, everyone from Mel Kuyper to Dane Brugler to Field Yates says this guy is a potential Pro Bowl guard. Like his fit inside at guard might be better than tackle. And I, I see a potential starting tackle here, but I will go with the thought that he could be one of those starting guards, whether it's Jonah or Graham on the other side, because like we talked about on our last podcast, Taylor Decker's ending a contract here. Those two starting guards are free agents. I, I, I just looked at this guy, six foot four, 317 pounds, three sacks in three years as a starter has moved around a little bit more. I just look at that guy, his style, and I'm just like, yeah, that's a starting guard in year one. And then that helps you make tougher decisions in year two with him because Panay Sewell could slide to left tackle. And if you want to move Troy Fontanu, Fontanu to right tackle, then that's another option right there. But I, I just see he's got the raw skills and pass protection that that I, I, I just – he was pass blocking a lot in Washington's offense this year. And this is a big, big potential road grading guard. And I just see – I mean, I, I fall in love with offensive linemen this type of year, and I just see like souped up Jonah Jackson in this guy as his ceiling. And I, I it just came down to I'm looking at I think the way my board field, yeah, the TJ Tampa and Kamari Lassiter were the top corners on the board. Chris Braswell was the top edge rusher left on the board. I looked at those three guys and I looked at Troy and I just was like, Man, that's a that's a Lions. That feels like a Lions player. When I watch him, that feels like a Lions offensive lineman. So I I, I just saw a potential box checker for two, maybe three spots for him. And I just, I, I, I just, that's, that's a keeping a strength of strength. I mean, that's maybe the best way to sum it up, Ben. I think there's probably some people out there thinking, wait, the Lions have a great offensive <laughs> line and they're going to spend a first round pick on a guard, on an interior guy when, you know, they have corner, they, they need corner help, they need edge help. I think the possibility is much higher than people realize. I mean, this mm -hmm. is a team that's built around its offense. Its offense is built around the run game and being able to protect Jared Goff. You need to protect Jared Goff at all costs. I mean, you know, 28 touchdowns and three picks last year when Jared Goff was kept clean. Uh, things got a little messy, messier when he wasn't kept clean. And um, I mean, like you have to keep your strength to strength, as you said. And Graham Glasgow and Jonah Jackson are both free agents. Um, they, you know, I mean, what, in two weeks, uh, if they don't get yeah, something done, oh um, I, I know, sorry about that. <laughs> it's coming. Um, it, it never stops. Um, and then Taylor Decker is a free agent after this season. So th there are both short-term and long-term mm -hmm. considerations and given the stakes of that position to this, this Lions offense, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to get meaningfully addressed, whether that's in free agency or the draft. Um, you know, if you got seven offensive linemen already off the board, as you do, maybe they find better value on day mm -hmm. two. I'm, I'm not sure, but you need to have your guy up there. And and if I, I, when I watch this guy play, I watched him a little bit. I had him going 27th, um, two picks before Detroit. I, I, like he looks like a Lions offensive lineman. He's yeah. very physical, moves very well. I think he would fit in um, very well. One variable I'll point out, Ben, that you may not realize. Have you seen how old this guy is? Yeah, I know he's already twenty three, man. I know. <laughs> Have you noticed who is who is basically the same age as him by two days? Yeah, Panesu. Yes, I have. I know. Penesul. I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, this feels weird." He's going into day. It's going. Panay's going into year four, and these guys are the same age. Um, and 
you know, like ultimately you want the best players possible. You're not trying to win an age contest, but it's a young man's league, uh, especially when you're, you know, spending these draft picks on guys who are going to be around for four or five years and beyond. Um, and the Lions have like, as well as anyone, like they really have prioritized youth. They, like, I don't know if Brad Holmes has ever come out and said it, but if you look at the guys he's taken at the top of the drafts, Jimmy Gibbs, very young. I think he just right. turned 21. Like Panay was the youngest guy in his whole draft. Jamison Williams, a young guy. I mean, it, like they've definitely gone for high-end players who were happened to be some of the youngest guys in their entire draft class. Uh, and and uh, Troy Fadotanu, um, this offensive lineman from Washington, is already 23. So just something to think about. No, that's kind of – it's honest to God. That's kind of why him and the BYU cat kind of fell in my offensive line picks because they are the oldest guys of the bunch, and I, I really freaking love this year's offensive line class from the top to the bottom of day two. I think there's some really good talent there, but just – I know I was like, my God, he's the same age of Panay, and, like, you, you hit the nail on the head because, like, Hendon Hooker is the only, like, not youthful guy that they've, like, really ever taken in the draft, and so, yeah, that's that's definitely a variable to watch for sure, but I just am like – you know what? 23 is still pretty young for a day one starter. So I was like, all right, he's not 25. At least he's not Chris Winkie coming in at 31. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as offensive linemen go, you know who my draft cr- crush is on? Oh, Jackson yeah. Powers Johnson. The oh, kid yeah, dude. Uh, like he is a nasty dude. Like watch his film. Like he is not kind. <laughs> he, like, and you know, he comes from the same program that produced Panay Sewell. Um, they're both young guys. Uh, I think he allowed one sack in his career or maybe zero. I don't, I don't have the number from me right now, but I, I wrote about it the other day. Um, can play guard or center. Um, has uh, experience at both. He moved to center last year and then instantly won the Remington Trophy, which is given to the best <laughs> offensive lineman in the country. In his first year at the at the at that spot, like the kid can flat out play. He's physical. He's mean. Uh, you, as you can probably hear, he's a fit for the Lions. I, I just don't yeah. think he's going to be there at twenty nine. It would take a move up the board. Mm-hmm. And listen, like they moved up the board for Jamison. They moved down the board for for Gibbs. Um, like bad Brett Holmes is okay with moving uh, up. Yeah. And on the board and it wouldn't surprise me to see a move up the board um for either a corner or an offensive lineman uh possibly an edge rusher i just i think that's less less likely because i think you have to get into the top 10 probably to get one of these impact edge rushers like a dallas turner or whatever um mm-hmm. but yeah it could happen and when i just when i watch jackson powers johnson's game he that guy to yeah. me screams detroit lions offensive lineman i just don't know if he's going to be there at 29 yeah, I, I I sent him to the Steelers at 20 on vibes alone just because he's a freaking destroyer in there for sure. But that's a good point. And I fully agree that they could trade up. If they fall in love with the lineman, they fall in love with the corner, a starting guy like that, for sure. Because while they're picking 29th in the first round, they do have four top 100 picks at 29, 61, 73, and 92. That's ammunition. This is a good team. You're looking for a couple key pieces to throw in here you're not you're not rebuilding the whole slate so don't freak out if they do come out of this with less players than they have in recent years but yeah i I agree with you i if they fall in love with somebody especially like jackson powers johnson go up and get that man if they fall in love with kool-aid or someone like a corner like that that they're not sure is going to be at 29 go up and get that man you know 29 and 61 you can get up into the low 20s i feel like with an offer like that so for sure that is that should 100 be in the equation i do think it will because brad is like you said he's he's been aggressive i mean that broderick martin trade up the order that was aggressive they, when they get a gut feeling whether developmental or top flight talent they they go and try and get that dude remind me i, I think they might have traded up for brian branch too right 
Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I think that came through the Hawkinson trade. One of those picks got moved up for that. Yeah, exactly. Move back for Gibbs, move up for Branch, move up for JMO, move up for Martin. It's, yeah. yeah he, he moves all over the board. You love the conviction, and we saw it. Mm-hmm. He talked to us the other, the other week. Like he took a, a victory lap that was well earned, and um, I'm real curious to talk to him again this week at the combine. Uh, I have to come pick up your sorry ass in like I don't know a couple of hours, and I gotta like pack and water my plants and stuff. So good stuff, yep. Ben. Let's wrap this up. We're gonna know a lot more about this NFL draft and these prospects and how they align with the Lions' needs uh, after a real crazy week here at the combine. We'll be all over it at MLive, the daily coverage. We'll be back with a podcast later in the week as well from Indianapolis. Ben, buckle up. It's going to be a wild few days. Yeah, I'll see you for about four hours and then seven days straight.